Welcome to the Rust Belt Rundown, brought to you by Rust Belt Recruiting. This podcast is designed to shine a light on the meaningful work being done in Northeast Ohio and the surrounding region. We will convene manufacturing executives and Northeast Ohio business leaders for candid discussions about their business, regional happenings, industry trends, entrepreneurship, and more. Now, let's get running on The Rundown. Okay, welcome everyone to episode 13 of the Rust Belt Rundown. I'm your host, Paul O'Connor, and on this episode, we are joined by Brandon Kristowski, founder, president, and CEO of Edwin's Leadership and Restaurant Institute. Brandon, welcome to the Rundown, man. Really appreciate you coming on. Oh, you bet. Thanks for having me. Um, so first and foremost, we, uh, we love to give our guests an opportunity to introduce themselves as if uh, everyone listening doesn't know you. So give us the, the high level view of, of who you are. Yeah, uh, Brandon Kristowski, so founder, president, and CEO of uh, Edwin's Leadership and Restaurant Institute. Uh, what we do here is help men and women who are, who are coming out of a criminal justice system or, or injustice system, however you, you look at it. Yep. And, and, and teach to the top. We, you know, we provide an elite skill with culinary arts and hospitality. And over those six months, someone really just rocks and rolls and, and can, um, can turn their career around or in the direction they want it to. But we also have a um, you know, strong hug when it comes to care. So if someone needs housing or some, you know, a barrier to, to getting to where they want to be, we make sure that we, you know, we ab- ab- obliterate it, right? We just get rid of it, eliminate it so that they can you know, move on with their future. So well, who I am, what, what I do is, is, is pretty much that, you know, just, uh, you know, run an organization that, that, um, you know, provides a real second chance and an advocate for the underserved and, and really wants to uh, dedicate a life towards, towards someone who, who had this experience that I had, but maybe not the, the, the idea of a second chance that I had. I love it. Um, so you've been in the restaurant business essentially your entire career, and correct me if I'm wrong, if that is wrong, but what was the motivation to be in that industry, um, you know, coming when you were about 18, 19? Yeah, I mean, it was really not, it wasn't a specific motivation. I just, I found, I found a job that could push back on my energy level. And uh, before I was in the restaurant business at like 17, I was 16, I, I had probably a dozen jobs or more, you know, working from pumping gas to grocery stores, to ice cream shops or putting in pools, carpet, I mean, I just love to work hard, right? And that's what I like to do. And when I found this business, I had a feeling it was for me. But when I when I received mentorship in this business, I knew it's exactly where I where I where I need to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously, COVID has had a uh, tremendously negative effect on the restaurant and bar industry. Um, what has the last year been like for you? What have you guys uh, done to try to adapt um, over the last? I mean, I can't believe we're coming up on a year. Yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, it's been it's been a tough for our industry, but you know, we've we've won the storm quite well. We had a good 2020, and uh, you know that that means it's we're doing nothing differently here, right? In terms of the approach to how you succeed, it's hard work, hard work, hard work, right? I mean, you keep working hard, you try something new, you uh, you adapt quickly, and you and you and you get it right, and that's you know what we've been doing here the whole time, and um, so nothing's changed except the world around us and COVID. So we fared quite well, you know, we, we, we did a nice uh, to-go business. We, you know, started this idea of four meals for $40 and that just, that just took off and, and really provided what was needed in our community, right? We, we needed people who, people needed meals that were affordable, uh, that were good, that fed the soul. 
and they were easy, right? So come by, pay 40 bucks, you feed a family of four, everyone wins and, and we beat it on volume. But um, that was no way possible if there wasn't a bakery and butcher shop that that um, that was in this project too. You know, the idea was to control the supply chain. So we had a whole vertical business. Uh, we doubled business over at the butcher shop. Uh, that was that was killer. Uh, bakery was so new that it was, you know, just kind of steady. And, uh, you know, we don't know up from down because it was our first year. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, the restaurant did well. We opened another restaurant in November in the square and that's already in the black. So it, it's been a good year. I mean, it's, it's like seven day weeks, like opening a restaurant again every day. Yep. But um, but with that, you you can survive and you can you can actually thrive. Um, a lot of people just gave up, right? They threw the towel in. They said, "I can't, or I won't," and you know, I can't, I can't, I can't speak to the people that that, that did that. Yep. Um, let's dive into Edwin's Ohio City Pizzeria, Sarah Knight. How did you come up with these ideas, and what and what was the motivation to start initiatives like these? Yes, I mean. You know, the whole idea of Edwin's was, was a break I received and some elite education, and great mentorship, right? I mean, that's how I got to where I'm at. And then wanting to give that back. Uh, and that's what you have here at Edwin's, right? It's a strong education with all these wraparound services. So the idea behind everything else has just been deepening what we do, right? So there's no sense in opening another restaurant or two or three across the country or the nation when you could just help other people achieve their goals. And then and staff it with graduates of the Edwins program, right? Like what a great concept. You take someone who graduated the program, has got good training, and they now run an organization. So, you know, on one hand, that's what the projects were about. But on the other hand, it was, it was mainly about a need, right? So someone reaches out and said, I have a need. We have a you know large recovery community here. Uh, uh, we have a large homeless population there. And when someone reaches out with that need, uh, I'm just helping, I'm, I'm just, trying to help them connect that together with, with, with what we know best. Yeah. I mean, I should have done this uh, as the first or second question, but for people that yeah. don't know, what is Edwin's? I mean, what is the mission behind it? What are you guys doing? Um, I should have asked that a couple of questions ago. Oh, no problem. Yeah. No, again, it's, 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 it's serving, helping men and women out of the criminal justice system and, 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 you know, training them to the top in this, this fine dining French restaurant. So for six months you receive training and, if uh, you need it, there's housing and there's, there's many, many other, um, you know, amenities here to help you overcome your obstacles to get to your goal. Yep. And, and that's what we do. And so someone's here for that length of time and they learn and they live. And at the end of it, they have a number of jobs waiting to hire so that someone can you know, move their career forward. Now, what is the actual process like if someone, um, you know, is incarcerated and the day they get out, I mean, how do they learn about you? Are you in yeah. touch? How does that, how does that process work? So, I mean, at first, I mean, there's two different, like there's two different stories here, right? So at the beginning when no one had an idea what this was, just this crazy guy running around with this idea, you know, I would just go to every shelter, every courtroom, every church, uh, anyone who would listen, who wanted a chance to say, look, this is what's going to happen. We're going to build this restaurant. It's going to be a training center. And um, if you do it, you'll, you'll get better in this career path and, and, and employed, et cetera, right? And that's what it was, man, just barnstorming. And after that, you know, we have now close to 500 graduates. Um, wow. I started this in prison uh, in 2011. I started teaching in prisons. We're now in 12 prisons and we have our content across the 350,000 tablets in America. Wow. Um, you know, there's much more recognition of what we've done, you know, nationally uh, and internationally. 
So now, you know, how someone comes and hears about us is one, they're a graduate of the program, they get recommended, you know, and so it's usually by, by real close personal recommendations. It's the, um, it's the media that you hear or you hear about it in prison and you learn about it. So Got it. that's the first thing. Day one, you come out of prison. How do you even know about us? Well, people know about us, right? Or you've been told about it or you've actually taken the class while incarcerated. And then from there, you just call us up and say you want to you join. And we have start dates every two months. And so you just get in. It's as simple as that. Wow. I know you mentioned a ton of different barriers, um, you know, besides employment, housing is another one. How did you solve or at least attempt to solve that housing issue as well? Yeah, you just build it. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, Paul, the funny thing about this concept, everyone thinks this shit's complicated. And it's like, it's really, it's not. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, I've peeled carrots for a long time in my life and I'm, I'm pretty damn good at it. Like you get carrot, you peel it efficiently and you put it where it needs to go. And there's not much more rhetoric behind peeling a carrot. And so goes any problem that we have in this world. Yeah, they may be complex, but I mean, building a, someone needs housing isn't complex. You build a house, right? And, and so that was it. It was, you know, someone needed housing. It's actually two or three students needed housing. And I wasn't happy with the quality of, you know, the shelters and said, well, we're going to build it. Well, this is crazy. How are you going to build it? Well, you, well, you raise money and you build it, right? So that was the next step. And then raised a little over a million dollars and, you know, just knocking doors and say, hey, do you want to sell your building? Do you want to sell your house? And you know, now we have, you know, like six buildings there on the corner of Buckeye and 130th, right? So wow. we're, we're pretty strong right now, but that's it. It was need. It was ask. It was work hard. Get it done. Okay. And so when you say 500 graduates, what is the length of the program? When do they officially become graduates? And then, you know, what happens after that? Yeah. So the, the grad, we have about 500 graduates and that means they've completed the six, uh, the six month program, which yeah. is about 900 hours, right? I've actually got the program, uh, you know, so when you get your certificate, it's licensed by the state of Ohio, right? So it's, uh, it carries a little bit of backing behind it. Uh, what happens afterwards is, I mean, you have a laundry list of jobs waiting to hire you. If we have something open in our, in our business or in our, our, you know, corporation, if you would, or our family, then you're going to get hired there. I mean, we're 60% managed here by graduates. So from chefs to RAs to, you know, general managers, they're, they're graduates of the program. And it really keeps that perspective sacred of why, why we are here and, 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 you know, how you can succeed while you're here. Yeah. I love it. What, um, what does the general public not understand about how, you know, the hardships of landing after your feet after being incarcerated? You know, there seems to be, um, you know, and, and either understandably or, or not understandably a stigma, obviously, right, about being in jail. Um, and obviously that can vary based on why you were there. Um, but what, what, are, what does the general public just sim fundamentally not understand about how hard it is to then leave? Like I mentioned, on day one, what happens, right? Like, what don't they understand? I, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know what they don't understand. I mean, you don't know what you don't know, but I would say probably the biggest, you know, I, I, I think people, it's all relative. Everyone lives in a different world, different ecosystem. Yeah. And, and our ecosystem, um, I, I, I know what it's like to not have a home. I know what it's like to not, not have anything. I mean, like, so, so it's like, I get what it's like. I mean, I just think that if there's a general statement I can make, people don't know how, 
people don't understand how bad bad is, right? Or how nothing is what nothing is. Like so, some some people nothing's like shit. I don't I don't have sparkling water today. Whew, this is <laughs> tough. Um, other people are like, man, I, you know, if I had a dollar, I could I could I could I could eat, or my family could eat if I had two dollars. I, I think there's different levels of that. And the other part that people understand is the, um, you know, dehumanization that goes on in prison. And I'm not trying to say someone doesn't belong there for something bad that they did. That's not, I'm not saying that at all. Some people do bad things and they go there, but either way it, it transforms you as a human. You know, you're not the same human you are when you went in as, as you are when you come out. I mean, it really, it really dehumanizes a lot of people uh, because it strips away your freedom, your, your, your lack of self-worth and, and depending on how hard that fall was or how long that stay is, it, it can have a profound effect on your, your psychology. So I think what people don't understand is how little is little to have, then also the psychology of how, how much it rips you away. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to get into how you came up with the name Edwins. Um, it is your middle yeah. name, but also is short for education wins, which I just think is amazing. It, can you expand on that further, how that all came about? Yeah, I mean, since I was, you know, since I got in this industry at like 17, 16, I always wanted a restaurant called Edwin's. My, my grandfather was a real SOB and um, he, I mean, he died when I was four, so I didn't get to know him, but I heard the stories and I just loved it. It was my middle name. So I said, man, it'd be great Edwin's. I just love to have this restaurant Edwin's. And I mean, I have business cards from like when I was 18, uh, Edwin's, you know, <laughs> call for catering, you know, kind of funny. Um, but then as this plan came together, I didn't have to let go of that, that spirit. Right. So, you know, just kind of capped it all and, and then merged education wins. And, and that's truly what I believe. I mean, it's truly what, what a lot of us know and to, to be correct, but the, um, the spirit behind that is also important. You know, education, it's not just education that wins. You need to have some, some backbone and some fire in the belly. It's not just education. You have to have drive. Yep. And I think, you know, it works well putting those two together. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so you ran for mayor back in 2017. Yeah. Tell us about that experience. That had to be a world. It was a blast. I mean, it was a blast. I, I would, I don't know how you do this in public schools or private school, but it should be mandatory to run for like a, an office in some way, <laughs> shape or form. Uh, I mean, the, the engagement, the, um, the fact that you have your words and your, your ideals to really stand upon. And then how do you drive that message out there? And, and these sort of things, it, it was, it was, it was a really educational experience. I mean, I've learned how to talk a lot better in, um, in media outlets, especially when it's more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've learned how to pivot in, in any, any situation pretty well in, in terms of speaking. Uh, I got to know the city a whole lot better. And then the city got to know, you know, what I've done a whole lot better. Yeah. So it was a win-win. Uh, I mean, I would, definitely, I would definitely do it again, you know, given, given the time is right, the setting is right. Okay. I have no bitter taste about um, the political process. I think it's a beautiful thing. It was just fun. And, but the only the whole thing was, wasn't thought through, you know, Paul, I was, I'm an emotional guy. And I was just pissed off. That the city kept hitting roadblock after roadblock. When you look around you, you see all these resources and, and brain trusts and then dollars and, and passion. And it's like, why are we still here? Yep. And, and so when that didn't make sense and then, the fact that we're doing something on a small scale, but expanding is working, you know, it's working what we do. Why not try to, to, to spread this citywide somehow, some way? And so that was the reason why. And it was a great, it was a really great time. Yeah. I mean, that was my follow-up and you kind of answered is, is could we expect to see another run in the future? 
and it seems like you're somewhat open to it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the dollar's got to be there. You, know, you need some big boys, big girls behind you. And, uh, you know, fundraising for this is different than fundraising for a nonprofit. Uh, although I thought I did pretty well, you know, uh, you know, overall, you, 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 you need a lot of money to win a race, right? You do. It's important to have those funds. Uh, the second thing is just making sure that the climate's right. Now, the change is always good. Don't get me wrong. But right now, I mean, I got my hands pretty full with change right now. Yeah. So I, I think we're, we're doubling down on re-entry and we're, we're, we're really starting to hit that, um, that, that, that national pace where we're, where we're leaders. And I, I think that's where the time is best vested right now. Now, um, is there a plan to take your model and expand it? I know you mentioned that um, in terms of content, you're on uh, a mm -hmm. tablet all across the country, but um, I thought I read and, and correct me if I'm wrong in, in the research when, uh, prior to this episode that uh, prison systems are calling you to consult and to essentially put this model in. Is, is that kind of the plan to expand nationally? Yeah, the, the plan is to continue to do that. You know, pre-COVID, even post-COVID, there's been a number of conversations. Uh, Detroit kind of being the next the next one up. But it was over 26 cities or 30 cities in, in, in that year. Wow. So it was consulting or it was speaking or it was actually implementing. So the idea is to change the face of re-entry, right, and, and change the perception and how do we do it? Well, through this great education, empowering men and women out of our criminal justice system. It's such a valuable perspective someone has coming out of incarceration. So the, the plan to expand, it doesn't look like Edwin's in Indianapolis. It looks like, you know, whatever Indianapolis is passionate about, helping them activate that and, and then getting that up and running so it can sustain. Just like the Medina Project or Ohio City Pizzeria, these are the same type of projects. But the thing is, over the last year have started a manager training program where we have graduates work for a year and managing all three of the facilities now four so they can run the, the the projects that we start up after this or going forward so you have to be careful when you do these sort of things because you know the the the, the world says bigger is better and we saw COVID, you know slap the you know slap the shit out of some of those philosophies right and i've always just believed in just deeper 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 and if you could produce the best leader, then that leader can then do what it is they, you know, they can do and then but with the same spirit. And that's how you expand, right? So we don't have one Edwins. We have like 500 Edwins because our grads are managing or our grads are doing or our grads are doing. So that's the philosophy on how expansion looks nationwide is just continue to, to activate. And yep. if we have to implement and give opportunity to graduates, it's, it's possible now. It's, it's really possible. So we could roll pretty hard, but it's about deeper. It's always about yeah. deeper. Yeah, I love it. I think you've just created such a, a strong ecosystem. And if you can yeah. replicate that somewhere else, great. But if you can keep doubling down where you are, probably even better. I agree. Um, in 2019, you were recognized by uh, Cleveland Magazine as Community Leader of the Year. I mean, you don't seem like the guy out there looking for awards, but I got to be honest, it's probably got to feel pretty good to get it. How, how did that uh, How did that feel to be recognized for such good work? Oh, it's sweet. I mean, it's always nice to be, you know, to be recognized and uh, you're right. It's not, it's not about the awards and, but it, it's nice to be recognized. People say, Hey, you're, you're a leader in some capacity. And, but you know, those things just, you know, you put them in a box and then you, you move on and get back to work. Right. <laughs> the mountain's so high, man. We're like, we we're 
I never look behind, right? I'm, I'm proud of these these flags we put up at every point in the mountaintop, right? But we're so far from that mountaintop and that's what we have to focus on. And if we get complacent or comfortable with the fact that, wow, we've been recognized or wow, you know, it, that, that's, that's sensation is a false, it's a falsity that can, it can really diminish your, your work ethic or what your, your plans are. Yep. I, I'm very, I, I have not had television in, now going on almost 18 years, 19 years. Now I look back to 2002. Um, I, I still run off a of BlackBerry, right? Um, wow. I, I believe in, I believe in, you know, instincts and trusting instincts that you have because your body will tell you something before your mind does. I think it's really important not to, not to blur those. And, and you can easily blur yourself with the feeling that you're cool or the feeling that you're popular or the feeling that's not the feeling that's satisfying. The feeling that's satisfying is making a difference and being in touch with, with other humans and, and, um, and making progress in someone's, someone's world. And that, that's what it is. So all of these awards are great. I mean, they're great. I mean, I, we'll continue to, it helps validate that reentry is a real thing. It helps get your foot into the door of some places. And then, then you have access and you can create change. And without that validation or awareness, sometimes you're not at the table. So, um, yeah, and there's responsibility that comes with these things too. Yeah, for sure. Always found that, you know, awards or recognition can do one of two things. It can either continue to motivate you. And like you said, you keep planting flags and keep going back to work and keep doing the necessary things, or it can make you complacent. And that's kind of the scary part. It's like, oh, well, I made it. It's like, well, actually, you know, success is not necessarily about the destination, right? Just about the journey. And we get to keep doing it over and over again. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I wanted to ask too, like, you know, I, I just learned about you in the past, you know, two weeks as I was doing my research. Um, you know, I'm down yeah. here in Columbus. What can someone like me or, you know, to the listeners, how can we help today? I mean, is it a donation? Is it awareness? How, how can we help? I, I mean, it's all the above. So like the easiest thing to do is you, you send a check, you know, you send a check to Edwin's and they say, keep the good work. Uh, we do need the, those funds, right? To keep going. We run a smart business, but we also run a school and, and most places out there like Ohio state, they charge you to go to school. We pay people to come to the program, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting balance. So funds are always helpful, right? Uh, coming to dine here, right? I mean, we, we got a map in the kitchen that's people come from Anchorage, Alaska or Juneau, or they come from California and they come from, you know, we have a pretty far reach. Dining helps keep us in business, but it also helps our students practice the skill of their learning and et cetera, et cetera. So there's a huge power in, in dining here. So those are great. Those are very personalized, but reentry as a whole could use, you know, advocates and champions in every industry. So, you know, everyone's got a circle, everyone's got an ecosystem. And I would just say in your ecosystem, in your circle, you know, talk and question people about what it is and what reentry means, right? So it could be the place that you go to uh, get your dry cleaning or your groceries or the church you go to or whatever it is, the people you know, they say, hey, how are you hiring? Do you hire people with a criminal offense? Just, just simply pushing this agenda. If we had a massive market, go to every place and say, hey, are you hiring? Why not? Or what hey, will you consider? Or you, the, the, the needle would move, right? So the most powerful thing you can do is the people you are have relationships with and are connected to. And with that, you have uh, an ability to access someone's heart and mind. Otherwise, it's just another thing you 
ignore from some person that doesn't know you, you don't know them, there's not that connection. Yep. The connectivity is key. And, and um, you know, do some education about what it means to you or whatever that cause is and how it affects business or your circle and then start having conversations. Love it. Um, well, Brandon, listen, this was awesome. In closing, uh, we always like to uh, give our guests a chance to live the, uh, list their favorite places to eat. I assume uh, I kind of already know your favorites, but after uh, after your own spots in Cleveland, what are your go to uh, your go to either takeout or in person places to eat? Oh, yeah, yeah. We go in person for sure. It's um, Siam Cafe, which is down in, in, in Chinatown. Uh, Michael is a chef and owner. He's great, man. I mean, just really authentic Chinese food. Our kids love it. I mean, it's an easy place to go. The um, Balaton, I think, is another one that's right next door to us here. It's a, you know, Hungarian fare, really Eastern European. Love it. You know, no, no, nothing flashy there. You know, it's going to be what you be what you get. Those are probably my top two. You know, we don't get all that that much, right? You know, between work and family and life, you just kind of <laughs> just keep going or cook at home. But when we want to treat ourselves, that's that's the place we're going to. Love it. Um, last thing, where can everybody find you? Website, social, um, all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Edwinsrestaurant.org. Uh, you can find us there. I mean, that website will tell you everything. Uh, you can look at the Oscar nominated documentary called knife skills, like a knife you cut with, right. That was, that was pretty big going the, uh, the Academy Awards. And it really kind of tells you what we do, how we do it. And it's a 40 minute short. So it's not like you're, you know, you're spending your whole night doing it. Uh, you know, these are, these are things that you can really educate you about what goes on here, the website and that, and that film, but also really what, what it takes to, to, um, you know, to provide a second chance. It really is. That movie sums it up pretty well. It's, it's authentic. It's raw. It's not pretty, you know, but um, it, there's a lot of the real struggles and, and, um, but overcoming them and then having someone in your corner to help you overcome them with you yeah. and provide real opportunity is, is the most powerful change I think we can make as a as civil society. Yep, I agree. Where can everybody watch that? Is that on the website? I, there, there should be a link to the website. I mean, Condé Nest bought it, the rights, so it might be like on New Yorker or, or, or YouTube or something like that. But I mean, it's it's Amazon. It's it's on all those, all these yeah. outlets. Okay, awesome. Well, Brandon, thank you so much again. I really do appreciate it, and uh, you know, best of luck with the remainder of the year, and uh, we'll talk with you thank soon. You. All right. Hey, and, and Paul, go blue. All right. I'm a big Michigan fan, huh? Always, man. I'm, hey, I'm right there with you. I live in Columbus, but it's because my wife's from here. So go blue. <laughs> Thank you. All right. See you, man. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Rust Belt Rundown. Make sure you check us out at rustbeltrecruiting.com. The Rust Belt Rundown is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and click on five stars if you enjoyed this episode. See you next time.